this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. New report on the origins of COVID. According to two sources with direct knowledge, the Energy Department says it has, quote, low confidence that okay. the virus likely originated from up. a lab leak in Wuhan, China. However, it believes COVID was not the result of a man-made bioweapon. The Wall Street Journal was the first to report in this classified intelligence report recently given to the White House and key members of the Congress yesterday. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was asked about this development. Did the coronavirus pandemic start in a lab? Is that what you believe now? Well, Dana, there is a variety of views in the intelligence community. Some elements of the intelligence community have reached conclusions on one side, some on the other. A number of them have said they just don't have enough information to be sure. Here's what I can tell you. President Biden has directed repeatedly uh, every element of our intelligence community to put effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of this question. And one of the things in that Wall Street Journal report, uh, which I can't confirm or deny, but I will say the reference to the Department of Energy, President Biden specifically requested that the national labs, which are part of the Department of Energy, be brought into this assessment because he wants to put every tool at use uh, to be able to figure out what happened here. And if we gain any further insider information, we will share it with Congress and we will share it with the American people. But right now, there is not a definitive answer that has emerged from the intelligence community on this question. A source tells NBC News the report is, quote, not being viewed as hugely significant among the intelligence community due to interagency disagreements about COVID's origins. In a statement sent to NBC, the Department of Energy says it continues to support the thorough, careful and objective work of our intelligence professionals in investigating the origins of COVID-19, as the president directed China has denied that COVID originated from a lab leak and called on all sides to stop politicizing the issue. Meanwhile, House Republicans have kicked off their own investigations into the origins of the pandemic. A spokesperson for the Oversight Committee said the committee is, quote, reviewing the classified information provided. Well, you know, this has been a, an ongoing debate for some time. Uh, there was... Um, the Energy Department saying they have low confidence, but think that it may be a lab leak. And, Jim, you've had other intel agencies, uh, this Tommy Vitor, four intel agencies think COVID spread naturally. The DOE thinks the lab leak uh, with low confidence. FBI thinks lab leak with moderate confidence. None think it was part of a Chinese bioweapon program. Uh, and uh, he's saying, hope the DNI will release what info it can soon. This is something, though, and we've said it here. I remember Tom Cotton got attacked by some newspaper. I forget it. Maybe it was the Times. I forget who it was uh, for talking about the possibility of a lab leak. And we said on the show, we don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. The problem here is 
the Chinese, and you can talk to Matt Pottinger about this if anybody has any questions. The Chinese haven't been cooperating mm -hmm. since December of 2019. So, right. so it's really hard to get to the bottom of it. Right. That's exactly the problem. I mean, there was a report back in 2021, Joe, where the same intelligence agencies had similar conclusions. What is new, as you just noted, is the Department of Energy, because they have the national labs, because President Biden asked them to use all of their resources to look into it, did conclude with low confidence. But the FBI has was was had moderate confidence back in 2021 and still has that today. So not a ton has changed. The reason, as you just alluded to is because the Chinese are not providing data and it originated there. And they, the WHO, the World Health Organization has asked them to do that. The Biden administration, countless European countries. And until they do that, and I doubt they ever will at this point, it will be very difficult even for the intelligence agencies in the United States or any other country to have a, a real conclusion of what the origin is here. So Congress member Gooden's comments questioning my loyalty to the U.S. is absolutely outrageous and disgusting. It's based on false information spread by an extreme right-wing website. But furthermore, it's racist. I very much doubt that he'd be spreading these lies were I not of Chinese-American descent. In my opinion, it's McCarthyism at its worst. And it's downright dangerous. Making ugly and false accusations like this puts a target on my back for something that is not true. And in fact, it just perpetuates the stereotype that Asian Americans are foreigners in their own land, no matter how many generations they've been in this country or are like me and were born and raised in this country. But we have to look at where this is coming from. Congress member Gooden appears to sympathize with violent insurrectionists and spreads big lies to the American people, having voted not to certify the election of President Biden and in fact, is one of those extreme MAGA Republicans in the House that are focused on baseless conspiracy theories. N nice, uh, nice try, lady. It's Monday, 27 February, Year of Our Lord, 2023. No, I've been fully sanctioned by the Chinese Communist Party, the first civilian in American history to do so. Biden administration didn't lift a finger about that because it happened literally 30 seconds. It was announced by Chinese authorities 30 seconds after Biden took his hand off the Holy Bible. Uh, on uh, Inauguration Day. Um, no, uh, we, I am the founder of the new federal, co-founder of the new federal state of China, which is to support the Lao Beijing in their overthrow of the illegitimate Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Rogan's book, which is still the definitive book about the Trump administration and Xi called Chaos Under Heaven, identifies me as the, uh, the head of the, what's called the Superhawks. And he said the Superhawks is an entirely new concept and it was what was driving the administration because you had hardliners, you had realists, you had the accommodationists, you know, you had Kushner and Mnuchin and Cohen, the accommodationists from Wall Street. You had the realists like, you know, uh, Jim Mattis and, uh, you know, uh, uh, McMasters and it's called the realists. And then you had the hardliners like Pompeo, they're hardliners. And then you had the superhawks. The superhawks don't buy into the fact that the CCP is a legitimate uh, government. Of uh, of the Chinese Communist Party, of the people of China, the Chinese state or the Chinese people. And who else doesn't think that is Wan Shi Shan and these guys inside the CCP that are all the time worried about their legitimacy and worried about questions of their legitimacy. Remember, the first thing we did is have people start talking about the CCP and not China and not the Chinese people, lady.
Okay, so don't throw up the racism card. No, we took it away from any even discussion of the Chinese people or the Chinese state, and we're focused on the criminal element in Beijing, which is the problem. And that would be the Chinese Communist Party. And to show that we're not even close to being racist, the biggest issue we have to take them down and to free Lao Beijing is the collaborationists they have that are anything but Chinese but are Americans, American citizens. And we're going to get to the bottom of all that. I got uh, Frank Gaffney is uh, his co-host, and we got two of the heaviest hitters from the Committee on the Present Danger. We got Trevor Loudon and Reggie Littlejohn. Frank, first off, I, and I wanted to play the Wuhan lab part this morning because, lo and behold, we haven't talked about Wuhan on, on the War Room on 23 January 2020 and War Room pandemic when we flipped the show from impeachment pandemic. We laid out the case for the bioweapons lab. Wuhan was center of PLA military. Uh, it was the, the health center for the PLA since 1949 and even before then. Uh, it, 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 the Wuhan is certainly a bio lab. Certainly, a uh, is the reason they want to go make it a level four lab. Uh, and, and Fauci and these guys were all collaborationists, all working with them, and they're doing gain of function or directed evolution or weaponization, whatever you want to call it. And right there, you see, oh no, they're you know they're not working. And by the way, Joe Scarborough, it's a bald faced lie. Scarborough, the paper was the Washington Post, and quite frankly, Cotton gave a watered down version of the War Room. That was about three or four weeks. Into this, I think it took place in the first couple of weeks of February of 2020. And no, Joe Scarborough, you're a bald-faced liar. You, the, the paper was the Washington Post, and you covered every day for what happened in Wuhan. So don't sit there now as uh, all of a sudden the stones are being unturned and the cockroaches are running around. As a cockroach, you want to say, oh, no, no, I kind of said it could be either. Or, no, you did not. You most certainly did not. Your show did not. Your network did not. And here's one of the reasons your network did not. Your network was uh, at the uh, was at the Winter Olympics, which NBC underwrote the Winter Olympics, underwrote the Winter Olympics, and let the murderous Chinese Communist Party make it a showcase at the very place where Putin came over and did his No Limits deal, Joe Scarborough and MSNBC, who are total collaborationists, total collaborationists with the Chinese Communist Party. Frank, and they're sitting there now, oh, we're doing everything. Hey, note to self also. If they're not cooperating, cut them off from Wall Street. Cut them off from technology. Start to seize their assets. Sanction them. Oh, they, they said they're not going to cooperate. Okay, I guess then, you know, we're just never going to find out. No, baby. You know, cut a CNBC and MSNBC and, and NBC Sports from going over there and giving them billions of dollars to showcase in front of the entire world what great guys they are. You're a collaborationist, Scarborough. You take dirty money from collaborationists, okay? Your whole network's dirty. NBC's dirty. Comcast is dirty, right? The Roberts family that owns is dirty. You're taking dirty CC. You're giving the CCP dirty money. You're in bed with them. Frank Gaffney. Yeah, Steve, we called them the genocide games. And NBC, you're absolutely right, partnered up and was using the games to do what the Chinese Communist Party wants most, and that is to be legitimated. And this is exactly why we're talking today about various ways in which we speak to the issue of delegitimizing the Chinese Communist Party. Um, this is absolutely crucial. Uh, you've picked up very powerfully, I think, on the idea that it is a transnational criminal organization. That's exactly what it is. It's a leitmotif of our new book, um, The 
indictment, which talks about that. But we also talk, Steve, in the indictment about what is arguably the single most serious line of attack the Chinese are using, not just to help legitimate themselves, but to destroy us. And that is elite capture. And you've teased two different aspects of this. Um, one is Judy Chu. We're going to be talking about uh, her and others in our political elites captured by the CCP with our colleague Trevor Loudon. Um, you talked about the Department of Energy's um, new finding, uh, such as it is, uh, that they agree that there's a possibility, they have low confidence, but there's a possibility that it came from, the COVID virus came from a bio-warfare laboratory in Wuhan. And by the way, Steve, I just want to remind people, uh, the book that we did, our Team B3 book, which is available for free as a PDF at ccpatwar.com, found, just as the Department of Energy has done, that there's no evidence this thing came from natural sources. None. Zero. Nada. So what are the chances then it came from a laboratory where Tony Fauci was doing this gain-of-function research and so on? So that's another area. And the reason that's so important, the reason we did this study was one of the people who works for Joe Biden, a former West exec uh, figure, uh, Avril Haines, is the director of central intelligence. West exec is an outfit that was doing business with the Chinese Communist Party with Tony Blinken she's and others. Had a, by the way, she's this had, is, uh, hold on, hold on. She's had a, hang on, hang on. She's had a DNI. She's the head of, Avril Haines has had a DNI. The director correct? of FCI. national intelligence, correctly. I beg your pardon. Director of, director national, of national intelligence. intelligence. Exactly right. Yeah. Hang on. I just want to make sure you understand, but hang on, slow down. Tell me what West Exec is. Refresh the audience's memory, because this is another bombshell they never want to talk about, and why the good yeah. admiral was was a was one, a, essentially a lobbyist, an unregistered foreign agent for the CCP at West Exec, sir? Well, I think a number of these folks were. Uh, they were not officially lobbyists because they supposedly did not try to get federal funds for their clients. So they don't tell us who their clients are. They don't disclose how much money they took in. And they try to play games with even who was on the uh, payroll. Uh, for example, Avril Haines's name was removed from the uh, list, even though she worked there for three years. So it's a, it's a racket, basically, that was used, I think, as part of the larger Biden enterprise now doing business as the Biden administration to garner funds from the Chinese Communist Party. So there's another example of the enemy within problem. Another that Reggie Littlejohn is going to talk with us about is the Biden team's efforts to abandon our sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And unbelievably, Steve, we've got breaking news here that the Congress of the United States and Joe Biden have collaborated to greenlight that action. It's unbelievable. Then finally, we've got uh, tomorrow in our Committee on the Present Danger China webinar, the picture of Wall Street collaborating with our enemy to finance its unrestricted warfare against us with your money, folks. So we've got a very rich tapestry here to unwind, and we're going to disclose how seriously 
penetrated we are and why Mike Gallagher, the chairman of the select committee in the House of Representatives, supposedly studying the Chinese Communist Party threat, must revisit a statement he made yesterday on Face the Nation to the extent that he said, quote, questioning anybody's loyalty to the United States is beyond the pale, unquote. Not only is it not beyond the pale, <laughs> Congressman, it is job oh, one for yeah. your committee. No, no, no. Hey, hey we got to We got to uh, And then he went on. Then he went on to, to, to tra he's from Wisconsin to trash my man McCarthy. Remember the whole thing of McCarthy and how McCarthy came to, to light. And we know from the Venona, in fact, I'm going to get the world's expert, Trevor Loudon on here in a second. The Venona, uh, after the KGB it fell, was... we know now that IF Stone and all these KGB agents and the place was infested. State Department and U.S. government was infested with communists. This is why we, the Patton's army didn't go to Berlin. This is why Montgomery was held back. This is why we let the Red Army take it. This is what Joe McCarthy came to power because of who lost China in 1949. Here's the history that's not taught to this country. Our ally, look, the English were our allies, don't get me wrong, right? We've had a great relationship, a special relationship, and they, but they were fighting for an empire, and the royal family was not with us. They were trying to cut a deal with Hitler the entire time. The English working people, the same ones in the Midlands that, that wanted Brexit and backed, uh, backed Nigel Farage on Brexit were the same ones that had Churchill's back, that wanted Churchill's prime minister, our two central allies in World War II were the Chinese people and the Russian people, the Chinese Lao Beijing and the Russian peasants and serfs. They're the ones that took the brunt of the Wehrmacht and the Japanese Imperial Army. And we left, their, we left, we left them to themselves with the Bolsheviks in charge. And worse, if it could be considered worse, Mao Zedong. And we put Mao Zedong there. Mao Zedong was put there because of communists in the State Department who lost China in 1949 drove the entire exposure of communism in our country and drove it, and McCarthy drove it out, exposed it. And I'm telling you, who was his wingman? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He was in the junior lawyers on there, and he was just as tough. And another guy who backed him up was Jack Kennedy. That's when the vote came to censure McCarthy. Jack Kennedy had a bad back that day and couldn't make the vote. His old man said, you're not going to censure McCarthy. You want to be president of the United States. And everybody in the United States, everybody around knows that the place is infiltrated with communists. Let me bring in Trevor for now. Trevor Loudon is the world's expert on this. Trevor gave me this lecture 12 years ago, and it's so overwhelming as almost to be unbelievable. But Trevor Loudon has been right about every topic on this he's brought up. I want to go, by the way, can we have, a, I want to have, uh, let me have the guy, the, let's play this short clip, and I want to bring in Trevor after he and have him respond to this. Do you think Congresswoman Chu should be looked into? I think everyone that's standing up for Chinese Communist parties should be looked into, yes. I question her either loyalty or competence. If she doesn't realize what's going on, then she's totally out of, cons out of touch uh, with one of her core constituencies. I think she has drug along the other Chinese American members to sign this letter, uh, but I do think she's the ringleader. And I'm, I'm really disappointed and shocked that someone like Judy Chu would have a security clearance and be entitled to confidential intelligence briefings until this is figured out. Well, she's entitled more than confidential, trust me. She's at, 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 at secret and, and top secret. Trevor Loudon, not only should we call everybody into question, and this is not racist, we're going for the Americans. We're going for the Americans that are backing this play up. And Judy Chu's an American. She was born here. She's a Chinese-American. But hey, 
I, I founded the organization that is a, essentially the government in opposition trying to take down the CCP. So don't, you're not going to run the racist trap on us. That is nonsense. Tell me about Judy Chu, though. How questionable is she in her judgment and her loyalty, sir? Well, look, Judy Chu spent many years in the Maoist student movement. She spent about 20 years actively involved with people in the Communist Workers' Party, which was a pro-Chinese, pro-North Korean militant party. They dissolved in the late 80s. They moved into the Democratic Party. But Judy Chu continued to work with those people like Kent Wong, like Jean Kwan, like Jose Calderon, right up to the present day. She is um, also involved with the Committee of 100, which is, I would say, the leading Chinese influence operation in the country, directly linked to the Communist Party of China's international work um, front. It's the, the, the main propaganda front, the main influence operation front of the Communist Party of China. She has used that position to defend several Chinese spies in this country. She's used her, that position to go after alleged racism in the military, sexism in the military. You know, I, I know people um, in journalism in Southern California who have worked for the, the Chinese press, the communist Chinese press, and she is regarded in Southern California by the Chinese community as China's representative in Southern California. If they want to know what the CCP is thinking, they listen to Judy Chu. She calls the shots. She has no loyalty to America. Her loyalty has always been to China. She went to China not long ago and said, I'm coming home. You know, she was had a little CCP flag right next to her. She has been intimately involved with the Communist Party of China since she was a teenager, and she still is. She is absolutely Listen, no, the, the, there's no gotta, way gotta, she, gotta, she, she should be trusted the, the C, at all. The, 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 the CCP, what they tried, that's why they got the police stations. Their whole thing is to harass, harass and threaten People who escaped from mainland China or people who have been here for several generations of actually coming forward and putting up a take down the CCP movement. This is one of the reasons yeah. they infiltrated so many of the groups out of Tiananmen Square. It's the reason the Tiananmen Square movement kind of died out. The CCP has, and they intimidate. This is the police stations. They're watching you in the neighborhoods. This is what, it's not, we're protecting the Chinese and Chinese Americans, and particularly people who left the mainland. The CCP is brutal in going after them. Tell, tell me about Judy Chu. When you say that she's kind of the mouthpiece for the CCP and the journalists in Southern California say, hey, if we want to know what the CCP's latest uh, line of thought is, we listen to Judy. What do, what do you mean by that? Well, look, I've got, I talked to journalists who work for Chinese publications in Southern California, have been to many meetings, and she was regarded by the Chinese community in Southern California as the Communist Party of China's mouthpiece. She is like the governor of Southern California over that community, much like the late Rose Pack was the sort of CCP's mouthpiece, the, the guardian of CCP's influence in San Francisco, Judy Chu fulfills the same role in Southern California. She is completely, you know, her whole, whole communist background brings her to be basically a mouthpiece for the CCP. 
Trevor, talk to us about, tell the audience about United Front. Talk about groups like Comedian One, because they have all these different front groups and they get these great names, like they're helping people out, all that. Talk about how they infiltrate not just, not just the American side of it or, 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 or the, the non-Chinese side, but really how they use the Chinese here and they, and they do it under threats to have this kind of United Front to, to propagate uh, their rule in uh, Beijing. Well, that's right. So they have a big, a huge Chinese diaspora around the world, you know, several hundred thousand in Southern California alone. And they're involved in business and academia and politics. And when they get to a critical mass, these these Chinese Americans can affect local elections and they can set up power bases as they did in San Francisco, as they have in parts of Southern California. Then they are used to elect candidates like Judy Chu, who basically run these fiefdoms. And so through the Committee of 100, through the Chinese Progressive Association San Francisco, the Chinese Communist Party directly influences the politics of whole regions of the United States. Started in San Francisco, you see a lot of it in New York now, you see a lot of it in Massachusetts and Boston, and a lot of it in Southern California. So the International Work Department is, is, is co-opting businessmen, it's intimidating people, it's setting up little front groups, little uh, Chinese CCP rah-rah groups, and it's intimidating anybody who supports Taiwan, intimidating the Falun Gong people, anybody who's opposed to the CCP, they use their thugs, they use their businesses, they use their local politicians to harass and shut these people down. And it's gone way beyond the Chinese community now. You know, you, you see people like Dianne Feinstein are certainly under the influence of this kind of thing. Um, Senator Dianne Feinstein, but also Adam Schiff, you know, the, the uh, former head of the Intelligence Committee. He is very, very heavily involved in the Committee of 100 and has been for at least 15 years. He's met with very senior communist, Chinese Communist Party officials under the auspices of the um, of the Committee of 100. But he has the gall to accuse Trump of Russia collusion when he's been working with the CCP for 15 years. Trevor, hang on for one second. We're going to take a short commercial break. i got Trevor Loudon. We've got uh, Reggie Littlejohn, uh, the great Frank Gaffney, Oliver, and get to the bottom of this. And by the way, we haven't even gotten to Swalwell and Fang Fang. Right. Well, he says, oh, oh, as soon as the FBI briefed me, well, dude, you shouldn't be putting yourself in that situation. It doesn't matter. As soon as the FBI briefed you, too late. Short commercial break. Back with the team from the Committee on the Present Danger China next in the war room. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups 
where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers services with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com Bannon. That is PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDTaxRelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDTaxRelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDTaxRelief.org. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org, COVIDTaxRelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDTaxRelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Trevor Loudon is with us. Trevor, um, here's I'm, I'm confused. 
do, do, do we have a security review right now for these members of Congress to make sure that they're actually, so you don't end up to a Swalwell situation where you got a guy that's on the Intelligence Committee with the highest classified stuff we have, and he's sleeping with the enemy, he's sleeping with a uh, Chinese spy? Do, do we have, um, do, do, are these congressmen vetted right now before you give them security no, clearances and before they sit on some of these committees? There, there are no security clearances in Congress. This is a popular myth. Um, you have to be, you have to get a security clearance to serve in the uh, Department of Defense, but you don't need one to chair the Armed Services Committee. The argument is the people vet the candidates and the media helps you do it. Well, we've seen how that's turned out. So, um, yeah, that's a massive gap. You know, there are no security clearances. I, I say there's about 100 people in the House and 40 people in the U.S. Senate who couldn't pass a, a security background check to drive a school bus in any county in America. People, people need to understand how hold wide it, hold, open hold, we hold, are. Hold on, 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 hit rewind. You're saying what now? There's about 100 members of the House and about 40 members of the U.S. Senate who are so enmeshed with China, the local communists, with Cuba, or other national security threats, they couldn't get a security clearance to drive a school bus in any county in the United States. But there are no background checks. There are no security clearances. And so these people are home free. And as they control the budget of the FBI, the FBI doesn't dare go after them either. Frank, let me ring Gaffney for a second. Frank, what, what's going to be? I mean, the committee's done so much great work. What is the issue? What is it? What is the issue we're going to do here to get our arms around this? This is this is unacceptable to to know that we have people that are fully totally unvetted. Local media and in these house races, you don't have time to vet them, and the, and the people don't know, right? Because they're being spun nonstop, and 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 the TV ads are bombarding them. So so, what is the committee going to do? And we'll we'll start with Chu, but we got to get to the bottom. If Trevor's saying there's 100 in the House and 40 in the Senate, we got to get to the bottom of all of it. You bet we do, Steve. What we've tried to do so far is uh, in about 70 different webinars that we've conducted in just about the past six months, we've been looking at both the unrestricted warfare that the Chinese Communist Party has been waging against us, looking specifically at how they're doing it and the damage that's being done, and looking at the people in our country who are enabling it, many of whom, as Trevor has said, are in Congress or in the Biden administration, starting with the commander-in-chief himself, Joe Biden. But then you've got them in these various other sectors of our economy as well. And our answer to that question, Steve, in the indictment is we need to prosecute the Chinese Communist Party for war crimes against our country and crimes against humanity. And we similarly need to prosecute those who have been aiding and abetting them, which is the definition of treason. This is what Mike Gallagher, I think, needs to be focused on. I pray he will in the course of this uh, select committee. And so should all of the other committees, Armed Services Committee, Intelligence Committee, the um, you know Homeland Security Committee, and on and on, in both the House and the Senate, for heaven's sakes. But Trevor's absolutely right. His new book about the security risk senators should be required reading for every American patriot because it's an insight, as his enemies within his other major tome, into who these people are and what their relationships are with our enemies. 
that needs to be investigated and they should not have clearances unless they pass background investigations, not by political appointees, is by he, the way, he, but by credentialed yeah. counterintelligence professionals. By the way, I had John Solomon on today. John Solomon brings up the Shoran, uh, or Shrewin is the lawyer. He is now working with Commerce Committee, going to testify. This is one of the reasons I keep saying Biden hasn't announced right yet. They got all kind of bombshells that are going to come out about his relationship, financial relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. Let me get Colonel Grant Newsom on here for a moment. Grant, it's the middle of the night where you are. Thank you so much. Tell the audience, though, about the CCP's infiltration, the pressure they put on business, what they do to really get their way with us, because this is far deeper than just Judy Chu. And I want people to know it's far deeper than just certain uh, people that have come, either Chinese Americans or people who come from the mainland that are still in the service of the CCP. This is American citizens, business, academia, the titans of Wall Street, the oligarchs in Silicon Valley. Colonel Grant Newsham. Well, thank you. Well, they, the Chinese have been very successful and for a very long time, uh, effectively using proxies, uh, Americans, uh, to really uh, further Chinese interests. And But what am I talking about here? Uh, you know, particularly Wall Street, uh, the business class, um, you know, they effectively you know, are smell Chinese money. And this has been going on for 30, 40 years. Uh, and what they do is they have made made sure that the American government really never cracks down on um, on the, the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, they were instrumental in getting China into the World Trade Organization in the early 2000s. And that is really opened the floodgates, uh, hollowed out American manufacturing, moved it to China. And what this also did was open us up to the fentanyl uh, crisis, if you, the fentanyl assault from the Chinese Communist Party, which is killing upwards of 70,000 Americans a year. But it is that co-opting of America's financial class, its business class, who think they absolutely have to be in China. And that has caused, you know, really America to back off and really to let China have a free, uh, really a free run. And, you know, who would I cite for this? Well, I say go down any of the Wall Street firms. And, you know, I've been reading their analysis for 20 years, and well, you probably have too. And the number of times I have any heard anyone say, you know, investing money into a country that doesn't have a legal system, that where a contract means exactly what the dic the dictator says, it's a capricious dictatorship. Its intention is to put uh, foreign businesses, American businesses out of business and have Chinese companies replace them. Nobody ever says this is a bad place to put your money. And that is wildly successful when you get people, these proxies who think what they are doing makes sense and that it's statesmanlike and that it's in America's interest. Uh, you've really hit a grand slam and you have to uh, give the Chinese some credit for that. Uh, you know, the U.S.-China Business Council, if you want to look at that, just listen, look at some of their statements. And it's effectively shilling for the United States. They've gotten parts of the U.S. military. Uh, academia is pretty much in the bag. All you have to do is offer a nice donation to a China center and send in a, a lot of uh, full tuition paying Chinese students. But back to the military, uh, just to give you an example of how bad it, it was, and it's, it's gotten better, but still there's uh, plenty of people who are just desperate to engage with China. Um, in 2009, the commander of U.S. Indo-PACOM, Admiral Thomas Keating, was visiting China and he, he was asked and he said, well, you know, I, I'd be glad to help the Chinese develop aircraft carriers. I don't see anything wrong with it. It's basically what he said. Uh, 
begging your pardon. You know, this was in 2009, and by then it was very clear what the Chinese had in mind. So this is, it, it, you can see, you get to say a sense of the, the scope, the breadth of the, the Chinese really subversion of otherwise you know, right-thinking Americans, but pretty much all you have to do and the financial and business classes is you know, wave some money at them. And uh, unfortunately, most of them will perform like a sea lion at SeaWorld who thinks he's going to get a, a mackerel snack. And keep in mind that the, this is the donor class. These are the people who contribute to uh, Capitol Hill, to congressmen and senators uh, for their campaigns. And they have immense uh, immense powers, as is well known. Uh, even the Trump administration, which had some of the best advisors on China ever, they were fighting this internal battle uh, against the you know, the Wall Street, the business class, uh, uh, really representatives, front men in the administration. And it was probably as fierce a fight as they were fighting uh, against the Chinese. Oh, it definitely was. I got the scars. I got the, we didn't win them all either. I got the scars to prove it. No. Colonel, hang on for one second. So we'll come back for solutions. Sure. Talking about Capitol Hill, talking about pressure, talking about people not interested in the sovereignty of this country. Let me bring Reggie in because we have an urgent issue that needs to be addressed. Reggie Littlejohn. Reggie, I thought we put this WHO thing to bed. I thought this thing was done. Now it's raised its head again. Walk us through the urgent task before us on the, the, the Biden administration and looks like the House about to give away American sovereignty to WHO, a Chinese controlled operation in Geneva. So, Steve, the message went out that when the uh, the international health regulations did not come up to a vote that they, they were uh, that they were defeated. That was a wrong message. They were not defeated. They simply went into a working group. That working group met last week on the international health regulations. Another working group on a new pandemic uh, instrument, which is really a treaty, is working this week. Those two, those two different instruments put together will completely damage or destroy the sovereignty of the United States, put us in a digital surveillance state. And the thing that's the breaking news that we just learned about Friday is that um, there's, in the National Defense Authorization Act, buried in this 1,772-page document, on page 950, there is another act, and it's called the International Pandemic Preparedness Act. And according to Francis Boyle, who's going to be one of our panelists um, today, this, this, there's a clause in here in which Congress already passed pre-approval for whatever the WHO agrees to. So, so this is the thing, okay? The WHO, people don't realize this. The way that, that um, the World Health Assembly works is that every country gets one vote. And if a majority of countries vote for something, it passes. What this act does is it makes it so that if these horrible um, international health regulation amendments pass, if this terrible pandemic treaty passes, that it, will, that it will subvert the, the um, advice and consent of the Senate and become law automatically through a clause that is in this International Pandemic Preparedness Act that was passed last December. Okay, hang on. Hit rewind. You're talking me in the defense, the defense authorization that then was rounded up into the omnibus that paid for it. That was the one that set it out. 
What page is this? And what it specifically says we've pre-approved what's going on in Geneva right now? No, it does not say that. It, it, this is a matter of interpretation. Okay, so it's in the National Defense Authorization Act, which itself is 1,772 pages. Okay, on page 950, there's something called the International Pandemic Preparedness Act. And according to Dr. Francis Boyle, who's going to be a panelist um, in our webinar today and who is a graduate of Harvard Law School, he actually drafted the implementation of the U.S. Biological um, Warfare Act, okay, uh, the act that's against biological weapons. He says that, um, and I'm looking at subtitle D, section 5592, no, 5560-2C6. Five, um, okay, it says here, the purpose of this act is to facilitate national capacity to comply with and adhere to the national health regulations of 2005. Okay, we know what those are, but Number six is any uh, other re relevant frameworks that contribute to global health security. So what Dr. Francis Boyle says, and he is an expert in international law, is that that is a catch-all that can be used to pre-approve anything that they come up with at the World Health Organization. Okay, let us, I tell you what, we're going to have you back on tomorrow. We're t overnight tonight, we're going to work on this and, and get to the bottom of it because, uh, this is exactly the type of okie doke they like to do when they want to get something. This is what they tuck in these omnibus bills. Is they talk. We've argued about this defense authorization. It shouldn't have been approved at the time. It needed a lot more scrutiny because it got dumped on people. So, Reggie, hang on. We're going to get you back on tomorrow. We're going to go through this because we've been working this WHO thing uh, for months and months and months. And to now know that, hey, there might be something pre-approved is outrageous. Frank, in the time I've got remaining, though, here's what I want to do. I want to go around to, to you guys and tell what needs to be done. we got about five or six minutes. Like, what needs to be done now to make sure that we can start to highlight the subversion that's going on in our country and, and, and bring it to light on Capitol Hill and in this administration? Frank uh, Gaffney. Steve, there's a lot to talk about. Just, I would say, the indictment will give people 20 action items. It should be out, I'm hoping late next month, that will start with, among other things, identifying the Chinese Communist Party as what it is, a completely illegitimate transnational criminal organization. If we get that right, an awful lot of other things, including the funding of these guys with our money, starts getting a lot more tractable. Um, elite capture has to be stopped and the accountability that we're talking about with the select committee is key to that, as is the work that you do here in the war room, day after day after day, Steve, and I can't thank you enough for it. Trevor Lovins uh, got his own ideas, but this is a starting point. Hang on, I'm gonna come to Trevor and Kent right now, but real quickly, how, I mean, look, Gallagher is a very brave young Marine. He's got a great record as an officer. People think very highly of him. Um, but how, when a guy sits there and he's trashing McCarthy, says McCarthy's from my district, he ought to stay in his grave or something like that. Does he not understand Don't want it to had not been McCarthy exposing this? Yeah, exactly. This is Look, my point. McCarthy was the font of all truth to get this rolling and to expose these communists that were deeply embedded into the American government. Am I incorrect on that, Frank Gaffney? No, I think that's right, Steve. He was taken out by Joseph Stalin. 
And ever since then, the idea that there could possibly be enemies within our country has been absolutely a taboo subject. We've got to get past that. Unfortunately, as I think it was Martin Dees, a congressman who before Joe McCarthy was digging into the enemies within, the communists who had gotten inside our government. Diana West has a marvelous book on this subject called American Betrayal. He warned McCarthy, they will destroy you if you go here. And I think Mike Gallagher is a little nervous about that, understandably. And here's the kicker, Steve. If his committee doesn't do the due diligence on the the fact that we do have people in our Congress and elsewhere, as Trevor Loudon has documented, who are disloyal to our country, we may miss the last opportunity we have to make a course correction and defeat the Chinese Communist Party instead of being destroyed by them. We can't let that happen. Uh, uh, Trevor, uh, your recommendations also. What, what do we need to do immediately to get to the bottom of this and make sure that we, we can begin to expose these traitors? Well, look, we have to look. Here, look, if you are, the, if you are Xi Jinping, think about it logically. You want to take America down. Do you risk a multi-billion dollar trade war you might lose? Or do you risk a multi-trillion dollar shooting war before you're ready? Or do you spend a couple of billion dollars buying up American congressmen and senators to wreck the U.S. military, to keep the borders open, to gut the U.S. middle class and turn this country into chaos? What would you do? So that, you know, this same shameless self-promotion, you know, enemies, in, you know, security risk senators, TrevorLoudon.com. 30, 30 senators profiled their links to the CCP, their links to Iran, their links to the communist movement. We need to confront the reality, all of us, that the only reason America is in the trouble it is, is because we have people in our system who are working for our enemies. Do you think America, this, you know, the, the enemy knew long ago they could never take America from the outside. They, they had to do it from the inside. The Soviets tried it, but they didn't have enough money. The CCP has the money. They get the right through the money. They get the left through the ideology and the money. And they have enough influence now to determine which legislation passes our Congress and which doesn't. So we've got to put pressure on Mr. Gallagher to go all the way. This has got to name names and there got to be prosecutions coming out of this. The American people have to see people going to jail what they're doing. Uh, Trevor, how do people get the book? Where do they go into your site? Yeah, uh, just trevorloudon.com, trevorloudon.com. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, Perfect. that's you know, people have got to know. People have got to understand how deep this is. We'll, we'll, we'll start spending more time on this. Um, Trevor, thank you so much. Um, Grant, we got to bounce, but Grant, how do, how do they get to your social media? How do they find out more about you? Uh, it's uh, NewshamGrant, uh, whatever the Twitter thing is. Um, also, all everything I have uh, right is on um, Center for Security Policy uh, webpage. And I've also got a book coming out March 28th as well, which addresses the Chinese threat, how we got here, what the problem is, what to do about it. And since Trevor has uh, sort of blazed a path. Um, I actually happen to have a copy with me, uh, an advanced copy. Uh, it's When China Attacks Perfect. by Gretchen and available on what, what? Uh, Amazon or the usual places. 
when Ch- when China attacks, we'll we'll promote this heavily. I guarantee you, we can sell books. The one thing Warum can do is one thing Warum do. I commit to you can sell books. Grant, thank you so much. Frank, we got to bounce. We got a hard stop. Reggie, we're gonna get you back on tomorrow. We're not gonna let the Biden r- r- regime and the House and the Senate give over our sovereignty to the World Health Organization on some uh, on some defense authorization act that we told everybody had to go through page by page. Okay, we're gonna be back at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Gonna be in fire with many of the same topics you saw here this evening. See you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the run-up to CPAC. See you there. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Soul Tea. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.